Good morning. Today is Friday, January 10th, 2020. Our readings for today are Psalm 138, Psalm 139, Jeremiah 23, 1 through 8, Colossians 2, 8 through 23, and the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 7 through 17. From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name shall be great among the nations, and in every place incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the God of hosts. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before her presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to her with psalms. For she is a great God and a great queen above all gods. In her hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are hers also. The sea is hers for she made it and her hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker. For she is our God, and we are the people of her pasture and the sheep of her hand. 
Oh, that today you would hearken to her voice. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O God, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings and queens of the earth shall praise you, O God, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of God, for great is the glory of God. For though God is high, she regards the lowly, but the haughty she perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. God will fulfill her purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O God, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Psalm 139 O God, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O God, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God, 
and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me. Those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O God? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Hebrew Hebrew Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says God. Therefore thus says God, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says God. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and then I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says God. The days are surely coming, says God, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. God is our righteousness. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says God, when it shall no longer be said, as God lives who brought the people of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, but as as the God lives who brought out and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the land of the north and out of all the lands where he had driven them. Then they shall live in their own land. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 23. See to it that no one takes you captive 
through philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the spiritual circumcision, by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with them. When they forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. They disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food or in drink or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you, insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, dwelling on visions, puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with a Christ, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the universe, why do you live as if you, as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? All these regulations refer to things that perish with use. They are simply human commands and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-imposed piety, humility, and severe treatment of the body but they are of no value in checking self-indulgence. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, A Song of Faith Blessed be God and Creator of our Lord Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, gracious Christ. John chapter 10, verses 7 through 17. So again Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. 
Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as God knows me and I know God. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason God loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use Suffrages Set A, found on page 97. Actually, hang on, folks. Yes, we're going to use Suffrages Set A, found on page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. And I'm going to read both parts just because it seems odd to me when I don't. Um, but if you were physically sitting here with me, I would read the first verse and you would read the response. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. 
God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, by the leading of a star, you manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us, who know you now by faith to your presence, where we may see your glory face to face, through Jesus Christ, our God, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our God. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood is to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.
O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of people, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend thee, we commend to thy parenting, <laughs> finally, we commend to thy goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in body, bind, or in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom our prayers are desired that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus' sake. Amen. Almighty God, guide the nations of the world into the way of justice and truth and establish among them that peace which is the fruit of righteousness, that they may become the kingdom of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O oh God, our true governor, whose glory is in all the world. We commend this nation to thy merciful care, that being guided by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States, the governor of this state, and to all in authority, wisdom and strength to know and do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ, our God, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty God, who sittest in the throne judging right, we humbly beseech thee to bless the courts of justice and the magistrates in all this land and give unto them the spirit of wisdom and understanding that they may discern the truth and impartially administer the law in the fear of thee alone. Through the one who shall come to be our judge, thy child, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of our land, that barriers, may divide us, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen.
I'm very thankful for the Book of Common Prayer and for supplemental liturgical materials. We so often supply the words that that I need in the moment in prayer. And the world is so in need of prayer right now that I feel like I could just pray the whole book over and over. I I would pray all day long if I could, but number one, I pour energy into prayer and prayer replenishes me, but I do not think that it would be healthy to literally pray liturgical prayers all day long. I do think that this is the foundation of, of my spiritual life liturgy, liturgical prayer. And so when I anchor my day by praying the daily office, first thing, then it is much more possible for me to order the rest of my day in prayer so that every Every task becomes a prayer because it is done with a heart for God. And that's not like a wishy-washy, I'm not going to carve out time to pray, and so all my day is going to be prayer kind of thing. Um, At least it's not when I root it in liturgical prayer. And so for me, this is this is an approach that works. Like I, I get the meat first thing. Ideally, this is the way I can do it. Often I have to order things differently as you guys know, because sometimes I post actually often lately these days I post evening prayer, but I still, I carve out that time first. When I plan my day, that's the first thing that I plan. And evening prayer, when I can do it in the sacred space of my church sanctuary, is for me, not saying that, I'm just talking about myself here, most very powerful. So I I set aside that time first, and then I plan around it. So even though in my time, chronologically, it's not the first thing I'm doing, upon waking, it is the first section of my time that I am dedicating, if that kind of makes any sense. And I know it might seem like splitting hairs, but in the ordering of my day, it's important to me. So that being said, I found another resource that's been particularly helpful. Um, 
from the Episcopal website, uh, and and I will I tell you what I will I will dig it out and I will give it to you guys, give you guys the full reference. Might even give you the URL and everything else um, um, tomorrow. But it, it's basically praying the hours too, and so I've been doing that throughout the day when I can take like a pause point, and it just kind of helps me focus that section of the day. Um, what prayerful energy I'm putting forth, even in the midst of all the other tasks that I have to do. And I'm sorry for kind of digressing there. I got a little bit off track and where I'm going is that there is so much prayer needed on so many fronts. And I know we talked about that a little bit yesterday and it can be kind of difficult to focus our time and our energy and it helps me to kind of step up into a spiritual vantage point where I can see all of the data information that I've taken in from the news and from my own personal daily life and then kind of filter that through the window of the scriptures that I'm reading in the daily office. And oftentimes there will be an overarching message um, that appears to me. And definitely the message for me, or at least part of the message for me today, is, is that of shepherding, and guiding and making a way open. And and where we are shepherding and being shepherded to, and where we are guiding and being guided to, and where we're making the way open towards is, of course, God and relationship with God. And... And I, this might seem really obvious, but I just kind of want to point this out. This doesn't necessarily, <laughs> this usually, let's say this, um, I'm not going to go with absolutes like always, but this, this usually, this most often does not mean pushing somebody, even ourselves, down a path that we believe they should go. How many times have you gone down a path? and you thought it was the right one and you really forced your way down it and you found out later that maybe it wasn't the right way. Um, now, of course, God can redeem all that, but I think that when we are more, and we're kind of going back to the compassion and self-compassion that we've been talking about lately, and it's definitely been a part of my personal growth practice. Um, but when we are guiding instead of pushing, and when we are gentle with ourselves and others,
in the right season. I feel like I have to say that. I feel like I have to say in the right season because there are seasons in which we need a push or sometimes God needs to give somebody a push through us. And, and so maybe like the first thing needs to be discerning what, what that looks like, you know, which season we're in, are we in the season of pushing where like we're up against the boulder and we just need to put all of our force and energy behind it and push? Are we in the season of patient perseverance and guidance? But what I'm, and so I felt like it was important to say that right there, but what I'm kind of talking about now is this is for those of us that are actively seeking God and we are, we are like trying hard folks. I know you probably wouldn't be listening to me right now if you weren't right. We're trying hard. We are seeking the way. Sometimes I think we can miss or misinterpret the Holy Spirit when we latch on to what we believe is a message and then like go for it like a tornado, you know, like a steamroller. I'm just going to plow anything in my path and I'm going to push forward on this. That's not to say that I think that we should linger so long in discernment that we miss the choice for action, but rather I think that we need to balance these things. And when we are shepherding ourselves towards um, what we believe is a goal, when we're giving ourselves that emotional, spiritual, mental freedom and space to really explore all aspects of this path that we're on, I think we get a more comprehensive and integrated understanding and we get more opportunity for depth of wisdom within that action, if that kind of makes sense. And definitely, I think there are a lot of times when others don't respond to the, here's the hill we're taking charge approach. That's something I'm definitely learning myself as a recently graduated spiritual director. I want this new way of doing things because my personal way has generally been there's there's the goal single-minded all the energy in let's go for it kind of thing and that hasn't always you know worked out incredibly well so I'm and and I'm not saying that any way is the right way all the time you and I have talked about this a bunch already you know it's about seasons and and context right so all of that being said Let's kind of talk about our scriptures and, and I, I, you know, a lot of this message comes from our scriptures and also the context of all of the inputs into my personal life at the moment. So, um, a few things that I want to say about the Psalms this morning, we started off the readings this morning talking about integration because the very first line of the very first Psalm that we read today, our first reading for the day is, I give you thanks, O God, with my whole heart, the whole heart. So this is like complete, it's fully integrated. We're not um, slicing off pieces. It's not apportioned or chunked off like either a scarce resource being doled out 
or an overwhelming task that must be bitten off in manageable, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like manageable stints or subtasks, or like, I think you guys know where I'm getting there, but we're, we're giving the whole heart towards praise for God. We're giving the whole selves really towards praise for God. And then God answers an increase. So we give everything we are to God and God answers by replenishing everything that we've given and, and more. So we get back more than we've given. And the psalmist goes on to talk about the relationship of God, that the distance between God, the highest and the lowliest human is, is nothing for God regards the lowly, but the haughty he's perceiving from far away. And I think this is because they have pushed God to a distance. We have, when we are haughty, pushed God to a distance. And this goes back to what I was talking about with, um, that kind of pushing everything aside and rushing towards what we perceive the goal to be and how we kind of want to maybe try a different way of doing things here. Because when we think we've got the right answer, even when we think we're getting the right answer from God, we can push God away. Definitely those times when somewhere deep is, and, and not receive the full message. Let me, let me finish that thought. Okay. So that, and then also definitely those times when somewhere deep inside of ourselves, we know that what we're doing is not the right thing or maybe the right thing, but in the wrong way. And we push God to a different distance because either we think we've got the right answer and we don't want to hear about it or maybe on the surface we can justify what we're doing but somewhere inside us we're afraid that God might tell us differently and we need to be brave and gentle and compassionate with ourselves and say no matter what the answer is no matter what I uncover or discover even about myself God will take that and use it I am not afraid. And that speaks to how this psalm wraps up, that no matter what we're in the middle of, no matter what we come to the middle of, God will bring, God will not just preserve us, God will love us through this and God will transform us through and as a result of what we encounter. Psalm 139 starts out, God, you have searched me and known me. It goes on to say in verse three, you search out my path. So it's like, it's like God is the advanced team. God already knows all this stuff. God already knows who we are, all of us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so God is everywhere. And those things that we're afraid of of God revealing or that we're afraid that God might reveal some of this is just enemy stuff like that we're afraid that, that 
it's going to be revealed that we're completely terrible and unlovable. Not true. Even more reason to enter into, to get curious with God and enter into discovery with God. God already knows all of this. There's nothing that is secret from God. And God's not going to dump a bunch of stuff on us that's going to destroy us. God is going to reveal exactly what we need to see in this moment, in this context. And God is doing, going to do it in a way that we can receive. Because God is so much more everything, wiser, gentler, knowledgeable than we are. Yes, there are, there are many times for us, I think, for me, definitely, that I felt like I had a piece of knowledge that someone else could be... Um, could use, but I wasn't able to express it in a way that they could receive. And so they rejected it. That doesn't happen with God. God knows the way and it is, we don't receive only when we shut the door on our end. And I take great reassurance and you and I have talked about this before. I take great reassurance in knowing that God knew all of this. God knew me from the beginning as God was creating me. He knew that womb I was growing in. He knew that relationship. He knew how that would affect me. He knew me all of the way through in every aspect. And God knows who I'm going to be that I don't even know yet. And I want the immense blessing and depth of cooperating with God in that creation, in that self-discovery. And more than that, I want some understanding of the greater context that I'm participating in. Because I'm just a small piece, right? I am one human in a vast universe. And yes... My contribution matters. And also, it is only one part. How amazing is it to get to know some of the other parts that are working together and to work in harmony for God, with God? How exponentially powerful that is or can be. And so that's what I want. And, and yes, just like the psalmist does, I want... I want everything getting in my way, <laughs> whether it's the unclean house or the nasty boss, I just want it destroyed and out of the way. And I think that I think that's totally understood. But I think that when the psalmist talks about perfect hatred, here's what I think about perfect hatred. That is the despising or the casting away of the evil forces. Because there are absolutely and completely evil forces at work in this world. But we don't hate the people. We hate the evil. Evil might be working through people. Evil might be doing a darn good job of working through people. But we hate the evil, not the person. And maybe that's a trigger phrase for you. Maybe you've heard before you hate the sin, not the person, which is the same thing pretty much. And, but that's been abused in such a way 
that it's hurt somebody. Maybe somebody said, hate the sin, not the person, and they were talking about homosexuality. I don't believe homosexuality is a sin. And I think what comes down to my definition of what a sin is, is does it increase love and completeness and wholeness and togetherness with God? Or does it decrease? Does it push away? Does it embitter? Does it block relationship with God? And through that lens, some things that that major um, majority groups that call themselves Christian see as sin, I don't. And some things that they see as doing God, God's work, I do see as sin. And the us and them thing is, is sinning even right now. You know, the division of thinking of, of a group as the other. But I don't want to digress into that too much. And so I would say that the message here, as, as the psalmist closes it up in verse 24, he says, See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Sift out the sin. Show us what it is that is moving us and those around us away from you, away from consolation and towards desolation. What is lessening love? Help us to sort that out and help us to turn away from it and toward you and your way of love, oh God. Our reading from Jeremiah talks about shepherding and what shepherding means. And it's along the lines of what we've been talking about already. Um, it is instead of good shepherding is gathering the sheep and bringing the sheep back together and bringing them towards God. And I want to pause here and say that, you know, we talk, the, um, the writer here talks about David and, and how great David was for God. And yet David was a huge sinner. We don't have to go back into his story about adultery and murder and all of those things. But the prophet looking at, at David and even God looking at David, that's not what they see as the sum total of David's life. What they see is his execution of justice and righteousness and his, his doing the work towards Judah being saved and Israel living in safety. And so we're tempted to, because it's just kind of the way our brains are wired, focus on the negative and think that we are defined by the mistakes that we have made. And we do that to others. We define them by the mistakes they have made. That is not the way God defines us. And that's not the way our mission in the world is defined. It's defined as, it's defined by the good. It's defined by how we brought ourselves, we shepherd ourselves, if we're going to keep using the metaphor, and our and used our influence as much as we were able to shepherd others towards God. And then we come together with God in, in God's queendom, kingdom, whatever you want to say. Our New Testament reading 
I think talks about how we can prepare and sustain ourselves to be good shepherds and guides and way openers. <laughs> By focusing on God, sometimes we feel like what's going on in our lives, in our world, the powers that be of this earthly plane what Paul calls here the elemental spirits of the universe are just too powerful to be overcome. And again, you know, back to whether that's the sickness, you know, the disease, the war, the nasty boss, the broken relationship, the um, whatever woundedness it is, we, we feel like those those powers, those influences are, are so great that they can't be overcome. I, I can't, you know, I'm going to use a very personal example. I'm in this super stressful time at work, right? It is hard. And I find myself sometimes thinking the stress from work is just too much. I just can't. I just can't do X. But when it's something that we are doing, when it's this guiding, shepherding, way opening towards God, yes, we can. Those, whatever is inhibiting us from doing God's work, from co-creating with God, it, it can be overcome. It absolutely can. And that's the piece that has to be cut off, as Paul's putting it here, circumcised. It's not pieces of ourselves, it's pieces of the outside influence that need cut away or sifted out. Um, and we're reminded here that there, there are multiple steps to achieve that purpose. We're buried with Christ in baptism. We're raised with Christ through faith. When we were dead in this sin and, and in the uncircumcision or in the, you know, having all the gunk of the powers and principalities of the world heaped upon us, God made us alive. He forgave us those sins. That's the way the sins drop away. God forgives them. He erased the record that stood aside us with its legal demand demands. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them triumphing over them in it. God's already done the work, fought the battle, taken the action for us. We must continually re-give it up to God and accept that victory over and over, turning away from those things that are not nourishing of God's love. I feel like I'm not saying this clearly today, and I'm so sorry. I hope that you can sift through all of these many words I'm using and trying to get at the point and that the Holy Spirit actually reveals the message that the Holy Spirit would have for you today. So don't beat yourself up. Next message. Don't condemn yourself. We are all imperfect and doing the best that we can. 
but don't let the little stuff go, get in the way. I think so often we say, oh, if we would just, and we even like, we abuse the whole rule of life thing, man, if I could just survive for me, it's if I could just survive on like three or four hours of sleep a night and get up, you know, four hours before I have to leave for work and do an hour of working out and do two hours of prayer and do an hour of getting, um, getting ready. And even then like that one, like it, it's never like this stuff is never enough. Um, then I would. And the reason I can't is that I'm just not disciplined enough. And then I just fall into this cycle of, of self abuse over my perceived lack of discipline instead of seeking out a new way, a way that's neither giving up nor beating up, but allowing God to show us something different, allowing God to show us a different way to do things. And then we can find a way that transcends human effort, human abuse, the evil spiritual powers of this world and its institutions and forces. And we can find a different way with God. And I don't know what that is. It is different in every context, in every time, for every person. But I pray that we allow God to lead us there. And then perhaps we can share with each other and through us, God will lead ourselves and others even further. Finally, in our gospel reading, Jesus talks about being the gate for the sheep. I do not believe that this means a gate that keeps some out and let others in. I mean, I think I mean, I strongly believe that this means that, that Christ is the way, that Christ shows us the way, that Christ guides it. And I think I'm affirmed in this belief by verse 9, I am the gate, whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. There's freedom there, coming in and going out and finding pasture. There's freedom there. It's not, it's not a forcing. And it's not the only way. I said that wrong. Um, it is the only way, but it does not look the same for everybody. That will look different for everyone and it won't be um, any kind of forced entry. We will be allowed to come and go as we please, I think is what this means here. So that's affirming for me. And I think that passages like this have been misused in the past to say that one particular, particular culture that calls itself Christian, what they envision 
that to look like, um, that passage that means to salvation, that's the only way to do it. And I don't think that's true. I think this is pretty obviously a metaphor. I don't think that Jesus or any of his representatives, Peter or Paul or anybody else, is standing by the gate with their hand on it saying, you're worthy and you're not worthy. I think Jesus is shepherding us toward it. And that entry point is Jesus, but it necessarily looks different to each of us. We've noticed that when different, when Jesus speaks to different groups in the Bible, he speaks differently. He doesn't use the same words. He doesn't use the same language with every group because necessarily, as we were talking about before, God reaches us all differently. God knows the way to speak to each of us. And back to our points about shepherding, I'm definitely in this phase in my life where I'm finding somewhat unusually that gentleness is the way. But God knows when he needs to be strong with us too. God knows what we need. Where we need to discern the difference between God's voice and the voice of the enemy is the way to do that is by sifting that out. Where is it leading us? Is it leading us towards that place where we are discouraged and hopeless, right? Because there's a difference between conviction, like, oh man, I understand. This is the way, you know, like we can, you can acknowledge that you've made your mistakes without beating yourself up, right? And I'm probably waxing on like way farther about this than I need to be. But where God is taking you, it will be hope. God will never take you a place to a place where you feel worthless. God will only take you a place where you're inspired to transcend those things that are not of your true, authentic and godly self, the way that God created you to be and to transform further into what God has for you. Um, and he talks about that. He talks about coming to other sheep and bringing them also so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. And he is the shepherd and we are the flock, but all of the peoples will be joined together into one flock. There's not going to be us and them anymore. It's going to take us a long time to get there. I think my human perception is that it will take us a long time to get to the place where we are all one, one humankind together. But I hope in my meandering way, what I've been able to talk about a little bit today is how different that can look for all of us and how okay that is and how the way that we shepherd ourselves and the way that we guide others must necessarily be flexible and tailored to what is needed in the moment. And so we must practice that with ourselves and others about how to authentically and with integrity and in a provide what is needed in the moment, in the context, in this particular season of someone's life or during this particular event. And it seems really basic as we talk about it now. I mean, it's very obvious that 
you would not respond to your friend who is hurting from the death of a child in the same way that you would respond to a friend who is hurting over an adulterous affair ending, right? Um, or respond to a friend who has said something very unkind to you or that you receive is very unkind. Obviously, you're going to respond differently in all of these ways, but in all of these times, if, if we pause, I think, and seek the Holy Spirit and quiet ourselves, we can receive guidance about what the right approach is in that moment. And it might not be we expect it to be. The grieving friend might need a really straightforward word about it is time to get up and it is time to take action. You know, we sometimes need a little bit shaken out of our depression, for example. But at any rate, not assuming that one cookie cutter approach fits all, not assuming that the way looks the same for everybody that the path takes the same turns. And especially in the season of Epiphany, when we commemorate God's revealing of God's self, let's remember that it was done in a most unexpected way. The Magi were not people from the community. They were definitely the other. And God revealed a path and a way to them that that we would not see um, most of us in our contemporary quote-unquote Christian culture. So let us recognize the leading of God. Let it resonate within us that even when it comes from unexpected places, we know, even when it looks like an unexpected way, we know it for the truth it is. May we know also that it, which is not truth and not be dissuaded by the lies of the enemy even when they come from people that are supposed to have authority in our lives. Let us remember that the one true authority is God. Lead us, God. And if it's the right, if it's your will, if it's the right season for leading gently, lead us gently. Amen. All right, folks, I apologize for all the meandering. I hope that got you. I hope that you got something out of that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Almighty God, God of all mercies, we who see ourselves as unworthy but are somehow blessed to be your co-creators, 
give you com humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our, with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.